Hello, welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We are your head counselors. I'm Erin, daughter of Athena. And I'm Monica, daughter of Persephone. This week we're discussing chapters 13 through 18 of the Tower of Nero. So this, these chapters, I was delightful, pure comedy. The troglodytes, I was like, I hope she likes them because I love them. (laughs) (laughs) They're very comical. I loved the way that they talked. I loved their customs. I love how serious Nico was when he discusses with them. It was very fun. It's so pure. Like, this is just like the troglodyte episode. Though I will say I was really disappointed to learn that they're not cute if you Google them. Oh, I haven't Googled them yet. I don't know that I recommend it. They're not cute. I mean, they are cave dwellers. like that's... Yeah. Oh, they're kind of cute. This is kind of what I um, imagined. Well, really? Not these. I imagine frogs. Yeah. I, the, so <laughs> I don't the... know why. I think it's because it rhymes. No, it says that they have frog-like features, so I think yeah. I can see. But like this one is kind of what I imagined they look like. I just like my brain latched onto frog, and I was like, "Oh, so they're just frogs with hats?" And then <laughs> that's not what they are. But it's okay. I'll live. <laughs> You'll just make them cute in your brain. They are cute in my brain, exactly. So to summarize what we're going to be talking about, we're going to dive down to the depths of New York City to meet our troglodyte friends. Emphasis on friends. Mm -hmm. They're my friends. But first we have to uh, deal with cows. (laughs) (laughs) What a specific problem to have. It's specifically the troglodyte's worst enemy. Oh, I... And Apollo asks this too in my chapters where he's like, what, what was the ancient beef that these two species have against each other? And I, I want to know too. I want to know the story. Same. Time to get into it. Yeah. Chapters 13 through 15. I've got chapter 13. There is no blueprint for taking down emperors. Wait, Rachel has one. So shout out to Rachel's trust fund connections because she has a blueprint of Nero's tower. Very Easy convenient. to access, yeah. People yeah, have she right was like, I, money. Yeah, I mean, she, she knows who to ask. The rich architects, apparently, mm-hmm. of New York. Who are all her friends. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, her dad's friends. Yes. Therefore, her friends, yeah. So based on her studies of the blueprint, she suspects that Nero's Foshies is about halfway up the tower's cross-section schematic. And I'm not going to lie, I don't know much about, like, blueprints. Um, So in her description, I was like, I don't, I'm not, like, visualizing this at all. At all, yeah. I was reading it, and they were like, where, how could they build that? And I was like, Annabeth should be here for this. Yeah, they should have brought Annabeth back just for this to help them with the... She doesn't have to fight. They're like, you can get a break. We just need your help with the architecture. (laughs) Yeah, just let us know how this thing works. Yeah. So Meg confirms this theory that the Fashis is like halfway up the tower because she says that Nero never allowed anyone to go to that section. Rachel also theorizes... Also, I don't understand how Rachel comes to these conclusions from from a blueprint. 
Because she theorizes that the Fashis, Fashi, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but the Fashis mm. are right next to a holding cell for prisoners. And she's like somehow intuiting that from the blueprint, which is maybe she's also really into architect. Maybe Percy has maybe a thing for architects. Umbrella of art automatically gives you power yeah. for architecture, which is actually a lot of math. So I actually don't know. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> do art people also do math? Humans contain duality. Sometimes. But only two yeah. things. Yeah, only two things at once. Yeah. Um, okay. And so they all are like, that's kind of weird to put the enemies right next to the Fashis. Um, but this aligns with what Lou had told them, their idea that if they get themselves captured and imprisoned there, they'll be near the Fashis and can somehow sneak out to destroy it. However... The Fashis is heavily guarded and protected, which Rachel can tell, I guess, from the blueprint. And then she also suspects that it's not just protected by security features. She's had a vision, a glimpse that Python must have wanted her to see, because as we know, Python's controlling Delphi, which had been her, like she's the Oracle of Delphi. And so any vision she's getting are whatever Python wants her to see. And it was a vision of a creature that looks like a man with a lion's head and snakes slithering around his body. Cute. Uh, cute. It is interesting. I was just thinking about Python selecting out which little bits of prophecy he wants to give to Rachel. Like, he kind of just confirmed that there's the Fauci's is in the tower and where it is by showing her that. But he's like, I really want to show you my monster. He's like, look, take a look at this dude. Isn't he fucking weird looking? Yeah. yeah, he's like, I just have to share it with someone. Like, Nero won't listen to me. He has I no just, other like, friends. Yeah, the other emperors are dead. So Nero's you know, busy abusing children. Rip to Commodus. He would have loved this dude. Yeah, <laughs> he would have. He would have been like, and then put sneaks on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They would have been friends. <laughs> Well, Apollo remembers that the gray ladies mentioned a, like, a lion head with snakes slithering around the body. So this, just more confirmation of everything going on. But it is a, it's not just like, the goal isn't just to sneak in and stole the, steal the Fashis to destroy Nero, which like is not easy in itself. But Nero also does have the whole button that can destroy all of New York. Which Rachel, when they point that out, Rachel's like, oh, that's what that was for. And then on the blueprint, there is a giant, giant retaining walls beneath the building where like giant vats are, are stored of what now they're like, oh, that must be where all the Greek fire is stored. And I'm like, where is this man getting his supply? Like Commodus and Caligula had so much Greek fire on, on Caligula's boats. <laughs> Isn't, I need someone to explain to me like Greek fire is mythical right it's not like a real thing I think so but it's been mentioned can you imagine so if it was real this whole time oh it's an incendiary weapon used by the eastern roman empire I'm reading directly off of wikipedia like I'm not <laughs> beginning uh, it was used to set enemy ships on fire and it was a combustible compound emitted yeah. by a flamethrowing weapon. So it's kind of like a flamethrower, I guess. 
Well, it says that it was probably made of some kind of crude oil with some other pine resin, probably mm-hmm. to make the flames last a long time. But we don't really know what the substance is made of. But it's so interesting that at that time, fire went out so fast that they, mm-hmm. they were able to keep oil lit, like an oil lamp to them was extraordinary. Mm-hmm. This is like the equivalent of dumping gasoline. Not gasoline, but... Something that like burns super slowly, yeah, everywhere. But obviously, mythical proportions that it just like explodes too. That is interesting. I thought it was just like a mytho- mythological thing, but it sounds like it was real. Yeah, because they use that in Game of Thrones. They use it. They reference it in so many other like fantasy yeah. books that you assume that it's just like some fantastical idea. Is it actually green, or is that just put in my head from Game of Thrones? I think, I think that's it's just, that's Game of Thrones, isn't it? It is. It's Greek fire green. Why Greek would it fire be green? burns green and can be <gasps> to use as bombs? That's fun. Oh, that's not as fun. <laughs> oh, it's, it's specifically the Riordan wiki is telling us oh, this. Never mind then. <laughs> so Rick made it green. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, that's interesting. I'm reading too. Apparently, like the the manufacture of it were like carefully guarded military secrets, and the compos the so strict the secrecy was the secrecy that the composition of Greek fire was lost forever and remains a source of speculation. That's fun, a mystery. This is so cool. It's just, yeah, no one knows. It's been lost. Um, no idea. It's been described as green in some places, but nobody, I think people have just decided it's green. Yeah. Like that was probably something that came just from like passing the stories along about yeah. the Greek fire. Maybe someone overheard it and thought they said green fire. <laughs> <laughs> and they just decided to make it. Because yeah, in the, the ancient, like the primary text is like a photo, like a photo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Is a painting. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> And it's red in that. So mm. I think somebody just said Greek is green and then went with it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Adding fun stuff. Oh. Right. Anyways, where was I? Oh, okay. Um, there. So w- back to the Greek fire and the giant yes. bats of them that somehow Nero is getting from some Greek fire uh seller maybe he makes it himself i don't know makes the children make it <laughs> there is only one point of access to the vats and it'll be heavily guarded but nico's like i have another idea My, and he's like they're the best tunneler him and will kind of are debating about it and he's like come on they're the best tunnelers in the world and will's like do we have to like i don't encourage this relationship you have and apollo's like okay these have to be the cave dwellers cave runners that have been mentioned that you apparently know who they are who are they and nico tells him that he has stumbled upon troglodytes Apollo immediately is like, those are not real, which is very funny mm-hmm. because he's literally, he's like a myth himself, but he which calls Nico the chocolates a myth. <laughs> yeah, Nico's like, you're a god telling a demigod that these guys don't exist. Like, clearly yeah. we've p- passed that point. And Apollo's like, well, I've never seen them. And Nico's mm-hmm. like, you are the sun god and these are creatures that avoid the sun. And Apollo has a moment where he's like, oh, well, they're still not real. But he does recall that they're a race of subterranean humanoids that eat lizards and fight bulls. I still just want them to be frogs. Yeah. 
Apparently, Nico just happened upon them one day. Nico thinks that he might be able to convince them to help with some gifts that he's gotten for them, and Rachel says she's going too on this quest to go check out the troglodytes. Uh, she says, basically points out that her sanity is at stake. She uh, Python has been slithering around her mind and making things really difficult for her. And then to prove his point, like Python's just been waiting and watching this and is like, this is a great opportunity for me. Rachel then doubles over and yellow smoke comes out of her mouth. She speaks with Python's voice and delivers the last like stanza of the prophecy. So, but it's like Python's voice. So it's like evil prophecy. <laughs> Apollo's flesh and blood shall soon be mine. Alone he must descend into the dark. This Sybil never again to see his sign, lest grappling with me till his final spark, the god dissolves, leaving not a mark. And then Rachel like passes out. Yeah. Spooky. Is this our Halloween episode? Ooh. That'd be I actually fun. think it might be. Let me see. Ooh, we gotta be spookier. We had <laughs> Sam had spooky music. <laughs> Let me check. It is yes, it is this is our Halloween. Halloween. It's our day before Halloween. Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy we get a spooky Halloween. prophecy. Alright, so chapter 14. And this also, this haiku, Noah, one of our listeners emailed us and said to shout them out on this one because it's their favorite haiku, and I think it's a very funny one. Chapter 14. I fall in a hole and choke on my own anger. I am a cow. Moo. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, Rick. I feel like I could have written that one when I was like eight, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like the way it, I am a cow, moo. Moo, yeah. I'm Literary sure Rick was like, genius. God, I need one more syllable, one more syllable. And he's like, moo, it's amazing. Yeah, he's like, it's perfect. He showed his wife. He's like, Becky, look. <laughs> Becky's filing for divorce as they speak. She's like, I can't take these haikus anymore. I can't do it. It's putting a strain on our marriage. All right, so remember those giant cow things outside of Rachel's home? They are now attacking. And I was like, where's Frank when you need him? Our the cow, cow murderer. murderer. <laughs> he would be, he would wipe them all out. I know, and then become hot again. Like, he'll get, like, yeah. a little bit more of hotness every time he kills yeah. a half dozen cows. Well, because he went back to normal. And so <laughs> if he killed more cows. Power up. He'd, yeah, he would power up. Yeah. Apollo is finally able to recall the name of these particular giant cows. They are Taurus Silvestres, which my brain was like, oh my gosh, they're Tauruses. Mm-hmm. I was like, Silvers? Oh, earth signs. Mm. <laughs> Forest bulls, who are the ancestral enemies of Nico's troglodytes. The cow bulls charge at the house and they all start to run. Rachel is still passed out and being carried by Will, but Rachel finally wakes up and is able to help direct them to the garage where they get out of the house as the bull cows begin to ram into it and destroy it. Uh, To which Rachel, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry about your house. And Rachel's like, whatever, we'll just move into one of dad's other mansions. Daddy's other mansions. I mean, I get she's like kind of sad about her art, but she's like, well... I can make new art. I'd rather be alive, which is fair. Which but is I fair. thought it was fun. She's so flippant about their house being destroyed. Material things are worthless to Rachel Dare. Yeah. 
That's only rich people can, like, really rich people can say that material things are worthless, you know? Yeah. Because they can just replace, they can afford to replace it. Non-stop. Yeah. Apollo recalls that the Taurus Sylvester's weakness is pits, as in, like, giant pits in the ground. Meg immediately is like, peach pits. <laughs> and Apollo was like, no. I thought that, too. And- when he said pits, I was like, oh, great. They're going to have to, like... <laughs> Eat through a peach, take the pit, and throw it at them. Peaches would have come in use here. He can probably just make pe- peach pits out of nothing. Yeah, there's but seeds, no. right? Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, it's a, a hole in the <laughs> ground type of pit. And so Nico spots a construction site not far away, and they run towards it, and then they leap into the pit onto a giant crane and then watch as if the, the bulls reach the edge. A few of them fall into the pit. And then they literally are like walking around there. And they get so angry that like their eyes are bursting out of their heads. And they die and disintegrate. So violent. Which is so disturbing. And even like watching this, Meg gets emotional. And she's like, we should help them. Why are we just letting this happen? Because it's disturbing. And it makes me root for the cows again. Mm. Just like with Frank. Yeah. Demigods the rest- are the problem, actually. Yeah. <laughs> You've heard about the horse <laughs> democracy. <laughs> now it's time for the cow. <laughs> the, the the cow is more of a um so uh what a socialist. Is it? I think okay. so. That's the vibe I'm getting. Mm. But like but the the horse is a little more capitalist. Yes. You think they, they like their things, the cows can't even stand pits, they explode. <laughs> I don't know how that equates to socialism. I, I was like trying to think of political um movements and I was just like they can't be fascists. That's like the no. whole thing they're fighting against. Yeah. Not the cows, but you know. <laughs> the cows are fighting cows against fascism. Socialists. Yeah, yeah. Good for them. Good for them. They have health care. They get health care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except then they die of anger, so I don't know <laughs> so, that that works out for them. They need to go to therapy. That's the whole mm. point. But if they got health care, they could go to therapy. So maybe they're not a socialist society. What this conversation. Sorry. It's like Oh, man. Anyway, continue. Um, okay, so the cows get angry and die. And the rest of the cows are then waiting at the top of the pit. They're angry, like it's personal now. Apollo tries to shoot them, but their heads are so hard that they disintegrate arrows, which is kind of cool, kind of metal. Yeah. They're stuck in the pit, the, the humans, but luckily they have Nico who spies some shadows that they can travel out of, but they'll have to get down off the, tr- off the crane to go to the shadows. So chapter 15, this one was just so chaotic. Mm-hmm. It's raining red cows, but I don't care. I'm singing, singing in the cows. <laughs> I like that one, honestly. You know what? Who, you know what singing in the rain was on? Glee. I mean, every song was on Glee. Okay, well... I'm just trying to go back to, you know. <laughs> Glee. Yeah. So with I am Apollo. A, Apollo is Rachel Berry truther. Yes. For sure. So, Megan Santana. What? Megan Santana. 
yeah. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> so Nico, they get down off the crane, but Nico is unable to shadow travel with more than two people at once, or else he might die or end up somewhere weird. Um, but the cows are, now that they're down off the crane, the cows are like, we can go get them. And so they start, one of them, they see like them kind of gearing up to try and jump into the pit. They're willing to go in the pit to kill them. And so Nico takes Will and Rachel first and Apollo and Meg stay behind as the cows start to topple down into the pit to attack them. Apollo keeps trying to shoot at the cows fruitlessly while Meg stabs at them. And it's pretty chaotic scene of just like cows starting to fall down onto them and seek vengeance for their dead, their dead brothers, their fallen brothers. And Meg and Apollo are trying and failing to hurt them. They only, Apollo says they only stay alive because the cow bulls keep getting distracted and can't decide which of them to attack first. Apollo then, of course, resorts to singing a Grammy-winning song called Cowie, Cowie, Cow. Oh, God. <laughs> and it does nothing. It, nothing. Nothing happens. Thankfully, though, Nico arrives just in time to grab Meg and Apollo and get them out of there via shadow travel. Alrighty. I, from my notes, I am obsessed with the fact that Nico just, like, always stumbles upon things. Like, he found Camp Jupiter, he found these troglodytes, like, I'm just thinking of Will being so annoyed, like, Nico disappears for days and then shows up and is like, I've discovered a new species. <laughs> they live underground and they wear hats. <laughs> oh man, and, and Nico- like, I thought you were dead. <laughs> <laughs> Nico's like, I've decided to befriend them, and Will's like, why? <laughs> Nico's like, they're my new best friends, actually. <laughs> I'm Nico so gives the energy of like showing up with like a feral dog he found on the streets and Will being like, what? <laughs> Which is so funny because he comes across so grumpy and closed off, but he 100% mm -hmm. is like bringing home all the strays. Yeah, because they're like him. He sees himself in them. In the troglodytes? No, I, I mean like it's right. maybe, I don't know. <laughs> and like the idea of like a a reclusive species or like a stray i imagine he'd taken stray animals the underdogs you know he sees himself which is funny because he's so powerful but like socially he feels like an underdog i think he also just likes collecting people because he doesn't yeah. have a lot of friends above ground so he's like at least i've got my weird friends here and an entirely separate <laughs> camp that i know about that I can just go to if, you know, it doesn't work out with my other friends. Yeah, like a, 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 a replacement sister here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Nico. Poor baby. I'm glad he has friends. Mm. Um, I did do some trog research. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, more so because I just Googled what trogs look like because I realized I'd been picturing frogs this whole time. They're not as cute as I thought, but I did go to Wikipedia to read about trogs, and basically they were just Greek cave dwellers, and they're still used, like the term is still used to refer to someone who's like a recluse or lives under a rock. So like someone who's like not aware of what's going on in the world could be a troglodyte or someone who like is a hermit is like, you troglodyte. <laughs> 
God, can you imagine you're insulting someone? Oh, you troglodyte. You don't know about this recent current event. <laughs> you're such a trog. <laughs> People are going to be like, what kind of... Because it really comes... It sounds like one of those like in-between species of between fish and whatever could mm. walk on land. So it's like a fish with little yeah. legs, you know? It, it really conjures like up that. that image of like a weird amphibian creature. Yeah. The name. So... That's what I think about. So when you call someone like a troglodyte, you're immediately like, oh, like someone who is not evolved enough. <laughs> a fish? <laughs> a fish. Troglodytus is a group of mole men who live in the sewers of Paris in a film. Wait, are called... they real? No, oh, in a film. Dang it. It's, uh... I like the, I, the concept of like mole people. That's fascinating. <laughs> Okay, so we've lost the plot again. Oh my god. Oh, also, this might lose the plot too. I saw when I was looking up troglodytes, there's a metal band from Kansas called Troglodyte. They mentioned that in the book. Apollo oh, not do? to be mentioned, not to be confused with the metal band. Or the band. So and I, Ooh, they have a song called Meet Your Maker, but meat is spelled like M-E-A-T. That is so edgy. <laughs> Since we're talking about troglodytes so much, um, I might as well say it now. Have you watched Over the Garden Wall? No. So that is a wonderful little TV show on Cartoon Network. That's like animated, right? Yeah, it's so weird. Um, Avelica, who was a guest on our uh, show Mm -hmm. a while ago, she's the one who recommended it to me a couple years ago, and it is so fun definitely something you should watch especially in the fall time it's Mm. really chaotic and spooky but there is a frog that one of the kids names george washington and he keeps putting george washington hats on it and that's what i thought of when i was reading it because i was like this is this is these are the frogs that i'm thinking of that's inspired i wonder if rick's like watched this show and it inspired him because this book came out like within the last like three years or so. Yeah, and this was a Cartoon Network show. So that, I mean, the show itself is surprisingly dark and kind oh. of creepy when you think about it, but it is also a delight. I love those. Yeah, this is the frog. When they're creepy I, but delightful. I sent Aaron a picture of the one of the an episode of the Rock Frog. Oh, it's, it's so a record cute. Contract. <laughs> oh. That's so cute. Okay. That's how I imagine the trogs look. Yeah, I think that's what I thought too. And then I was like reading about, then they said they were humanoid. And I was like, oh, maybe not. The hat thing threw me for a loop. Yeah. I was like, frogs wear hats. (laughs) They do, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. All right. So I have chapter 16 through 18. So chapter 16, Will Solis, healer, the hero we don't deserve. He has Kit Kat bars. So Nico has shadow traveled them into a sewer and everyone is sitting down recovering from the journey. Will has provided nectar and Kit Kat bars to everyone, but Apollo is still feeling the effects of the travel. Will here in this situation is the soccer mom with the orange slices. He mm-hmm. was ready to go. So Nico uh, promptly passes out. Before he can fall down, Will takes out a travel pillow and tells them that Nico will be out for half an hour before they can like be able to move on again. They've done this many times. Will is in the know. While they wait, Will tells them a little bit more of what he knows about the troglodytes. 
He has a f- about a one foot long dissected lizard that they're going to present as a, ki- a gift to the cavern runners. Apparently lizards are a delicacy to them. And Again, one- I just love the idea that like Nico was like, we have to give them a gift. And Will's like, okay, like, should we go shopping? And Nico's mm-hmm. like, well, they like <laughs> lizards. And Will just like agreed to this, like begrudgingly. <laughs> He's, well, the, the, the funny part, too, is in the previous chapters, Nico, when I was reading it, I thought it was really strange that Nico was like, I need to get a gift for them. I have to get things ready. And Will is like super upset. He's like, we don't have to do this. We don't have to keep talking to these guys. And Nico's like, it'd be easier if you helped me. And I thought it was so weird because Nico's so much like, I need to be separate. I need to do my own thing. I'm not going to bring my boyfriend into it. But now it's the thing that he needed help was catching the lizard. Yeah. And Will's like, please, can we not do this? And Nico has like an elaborate trap to catch a lizard. Will in the corner is like, Percy takes Annabeth out on nice dates to the ocean. You make me catch lizards for the weird yeah. frog people. I love it. So this lizard is actually a particular, spe- like particularly special. It's a specific kind of lizard that uh, they hope will help them get gain favor with the cavern runners. They also kind of discuss Rachel being like a pseudo Harry Voldemort with Python. Like, mm-hmm. they're just very confused. Meg wants to know more of like, can Rachel be controlled by Python right now? Is Python seeing everything that's happening through Rachel's eyes? Rachel doesn't think so. It's not happening yet, but she thinks that it'll be it'll happen soon if they don't get Delphi back in their control. Nico wakes up and leads the group much further down into a labyrinth of sorts, which is designed by the troglodytes themselves. They go down into a massive cavern, and that's where we find out that Will has the ability to make his body glow like a nice. lamp. Aww. Apollo is super proud of his son. He finds this gift very useful. He's like, I'm the sun god. It makes sense that you have this gift. He's also never seen this gift in any of his children. So he's just really pumped. Will is really embarrassed that Apollo is so excited for him. He's like, dad, I'm not like winning trophies or like being top of my class. I just can glow with my body. And Apollo is like, I will be equally as excited when you do all of those things because you will do all of those things because you are perfect. Will could kill someone in front of Apollo and Apollo would be like you're doing so good sweetie I'm so proud of you Um, I also kind of find it quite ironic that the Prince of Darkness is literally dating a Sunshine Glow Boy oh I love it so funny and Nico is super excited about this gift too he was waiting for Will to show it off because it is a little embarrassing Mm-hmm. So Nico calls out to the troglodytes to come and he tells them that he's brought friends and a gift. First they hear clicking sounds like bats and the shuffling of what seems like creatures running up to them. And then they see the small humanoid creatures with various skin shades and frog-like features. But more importantly, they're wearing stacks of various hats, like stacks and stacks of them. The more hats you wear, the more important you are. They click and screech when they speak, and they ask Nico if his friends are the sacrifices that he promised them. Mm. Chapter 17. Speak to me of soup. Let it be savory broth with a hint of skink. 
Nico shares the troglodytes that while his friends are not the sacrifices, he has something for them, and he shows them the rare lizard. The crowd is pleased with his offering, and their leader, Screech Bling, which is very funny because it's not the Screech Bling part. Nico actually screeches, not the word screech, but screeches the sound. And I thought that was very funny. Just like, uh, do we normal, have to do that? I'm not going to do that. Normal talking voice, and then you're like, how are you doing? Screech Bling. <laughs> So Screech Bling is the CEO. He he's not the king. He is the executive <laughs> office. Yeah, so silly. So he's the CEO, and so he um, gives the lizard to his chef and invites everyone to come and dine with them. Nico asks if he can speak to this leader specifically about a proposal that he says could produce lizards, hats, and fine rocks for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nico is trying to sell them on his MLM scheme. <laughs> the leader agrees to take them to their corporate headquarters, which I was like, "What? <laughs> Why did they just Why call are it they a cave? So corporate? <laughs> Where did they? They learn are these? capitalists. They are not actually the. Um, so the oh, so the bulls are socialists. <laughs> these guys it's are all making sense. It's all making sense. This is what the ancient fighting was about. Mm. All right, yeah. so um. So the corporate headquarters looks a little bit like a subway station with a subterranean river and many fire pits and cooking pots. Merchants are haggling over rocks and tents. Small uh, troglodyte children are running around. It seems pretty peaceful. They're given a guest tent while the CEO goes to check on the food. Nico and Will have a tense conversation in the corner about what's going on and then Nico is summoned to give his pitch. While he's away, Apollo checks in on Rachel. Rachel tells Apollo that when he surrenders himself to Nero, he will have to buy time because Nero will for sure immediately blow up New York City. He's going to have he's going to have his cake and he's going to eat it too. Mm-hmm. Rachel, Will and Nico and the troglodytes will need time to disarm all of the Greek fire before this is allowed to happen. Rachel suggests that they will have to involve camp and so they'll have to make camp launch an attack on the tower as a diversion since Nero won't give up the chance to kill a bunch of children before he blows up the city he's going to focus attacking them before he pushes the button apollo is super upset that he will have to involve the whole camp he's already feeling guilty he has to involve rachel and his whole idea was that they would be able to take a small team into the tower deal with it and leave he's already you know had to deal with camp jupiter basically losing half their population he doesn't want that tap to camp Half-Blood, which I would argue he definitely favors over Camp Jupiter. Yeah. I mean, don't we all? Well, Will is there, so of course he does. Yeah. He has... His children are mostly at Camp (laughs) Half-Blood. I forgot. I almost called it Jupiter, and I was like, wait, what? And the person who was at Camp uh, Jupiter was um, Octavian, who's the reason that Apollo is now immortal. Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah, I get it. So Rachel isn't happy about the plan either, but she is happy to finally be included in a prophecy for once rather Mm -hmm. than just dishing it out. She gets to actually involve herself and try to help rather than just giving people information about their doom and misfortune. Rachel says she is proud of Apollo and how much he has grown since he wouldn't have cared about sacrificing his friends and children six months ago. So this is when the troglodytes come in and tell them the feast is ready. 
So, chapter 18. Our special tonight, a lovely braised Apollo under a Mets hat. So they all go and sit at a communal mushroom pit on cushions and are given headwear so they don't offend their host. They have to dress the part. Paolo gets a Mets hat where Rick kind of has a moment about defending the Mets for a bit. He's really upset. What do they need to be defended against? Well, everyone in the, um, like all the troglodytes are like, well, they don't, the Mets aren't important. So therefore you get the least important hat. And Apollo's like, (laughs) how dare you? (laughs) Nico gets a top hat, of course. Rachel gets a pitch helmet. Meg gets a beekeeper's hat and Will is given a lampshade. Those all fit though, you know? So well. So so funny. The Trog children are the ones who serve them and they are served the soup in cups, which is like orange because they've apparently added a lot of turmeric, which is plenty in the caverns apparently, to their lizards. It's good for your, for inflammation. It is. No arthritis among among trogs. They're all actually normal looking. They don't look like frogs. They're just greatly inflamed. (laughs) Apollo is unable to drink the soup after he noticed lizard's bits floating in it. So he tells his host that it's too rich and honorable for him. So he passes it down to another trog. Rachel also passes her own down, but Meg has already finished her delicious (laughs) lizard soup. The CEO stands up and explains that Nico has told him about Nero and has asked the trogs for help. A trog voices his concern on why they should help the crust dwellers since the fires will not reach the trogs. They're like, we don't hate you. We just simply do not care if you live or die. And Apollo's horrified to find that as a god, he probably would have agreed with this sentiment. The trogs are not going to be affected by this. There's not that many of them anyway. So why should they sacrifice themselves for a cause that doesn't affect them in any way? Um, Will is like millions of people, innocent people will die and tro- the trogs are like, how, uh, what, why is it our fault that you guys populated so much and have been destroying the earth? We have kept our numbers very limited and clean and we shouldn't be punished for your mistakes. Um, Apollo stands up and says that the trogs are special because they can see. They see the value and honor and worthiness, which makes them so civilized. So Apollo is trying to flatter them. And playing into singing praises, which he, he then does because he pulls out his ukulele. Already, Miko is really horrified that Apollo is standing up and speaking. But then when Apollo pulls out the ukulele, Miko's face just goes he's super horrified. He's like, this is the worst possible thing that could happen. I agree. So Apollo <laughs> brings back the Jason Grace remix. <laughs> remix what is this part three he's right apollo is taylor swift like this is the witchy (laughs) girl autumn version witchy whatever all those different versions of all the the trog version this is the trog version so apollo sings about the challenges that they have to face about python about um, nero he sings about jason again and after he finishes, the trog think that that was the most horrible sound that they've ever heard. But they're like, the lyrics, are they true? Especially about Python, who's a giant reptile who would control their future if he wins. And the trogs eat reptiles, so that's kind of mm. scary to think about. Like yeah. A chicken controlling all of our futures. <laughs> 
Apollo lets them discuss it, but in the end, the Chogs agree. Basically, we'll... Oh, oh, I mentioned... I forgot a lot of points, I realized. So basically, they've been pointing out, like, the food supply would be burned, and Will is like, a lot, also a lot of hats will go up in flames if you don't help. Yeah. So all of this together, the Trogs finally agree that they were going to help. Uh, Apollo says that what he needs from them is to dig under the Emperor's Tower so that their friends can go and disarm the Greek fire. And Apollo and Meg will turn themselves in. The Trogs don't like this, though. They feel like this is super sketchy and they don't understand why Apollo would turn himself in. So they start distressing him before he can explain. Screechblood notices the smell of the tarry silvestries, the cow bulls, coming closer. Apparently they have followed Nico and the others down. Once they've collapsed on, they will not stop hunting. The trogs are now angry. They think that the crust dwellers don't deserve their help anymore. The CEO tells Gerfred, <laughs> to take Apollo and Meg to the tower so they can surrender. If that's what they really want to do, they should be able to do it. Meanwhile, they will deal with the other three. It's very ominous. But before anyone can make a move, the ceiling cracks open. The cows rain down on the encampment. It's rain and cows. It truly is. I <laughs> didn't have a lot of notes. Um, I did love these chapters, like I said. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was really... It's one of Rick's stronger points is com- like subtle comedy. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. he does it really well in these chapters because it's just so ridiculous. Um, my predictions is the Trogs will end up helping and they will be convinced of it when they maybe when they see Nero or Nero is going to do something offensive that will unite them. But they're going to wait till the very last minute. Like Apollo and mm-hmm. Meg won't know. They'll have to trust that Nico, Will and Rachel are able to convince the Trogs to help them because they're going to be too mm-hmm. busy. Um, in Nico's, I mean, in Nero's lair. <laughs> Nico's lair? In Nico's lair. Nico that would be would such a, a different vibe. I think it would be what you would expect would it to be like super punk rock, but it'd actually yeah. be like rainbows and lots of pictures of Will <laughs> with hearts Aww. everywhere. Because he's a yeah. soft boy and all these And he'd have like cats. a lot of, yeah, all the feral yeah. cats just like <laughs> roaming around. <laughs> All right, are you ready for some lightning bolt questions? Indeed, I am. <laughs> Apparently, I stole what was going to be your question. Yes. I mean, I feel like we have to. What kind of hat would you wear as a trog? Um, one of the trog children was wearing like a beanie with a propeller on it. I really like that. That's I think really that cute. That would be really fun to have. But in reality, the kind of hats I wear are a lot of beanies. So, yeah, a beanie. I would add a propeller because I think that's fun. That's fun. I think I would like to wear, if I was a trog, I think it'd be fun to wear a frog hat. Oh, yes. To, like, you know, emphasize my frog-like features. <laughs> like a little frog beanie or, like, a little cap. A little frog yeah. cap. Oh, I'd be so cute. I hate you, Trog. Would it be like, oh, you, this is what you, the beauty standards that you can't ever reach? Like, you want to look like a frog? <laughs> but you look like whatever the fuck? So bad. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, would I be setting myself up for comparison? A life of comparison? That's the question. Maybe, yeah. My only, my other thought would be like a giant, like, you know, those, like, I used to have this really tall, like, 
Christmas hat, but it was like pink and it was an elf hat and it like went straight up and it was probably like at least like a foot tall above my, like from my head to find an old picture of it. That's so was, cute. Like, Please find I a picture a, and show it yeah. to me. I think that would be a good, and it's tall because that like means, I mean, the more hats, I guess. I imagine the taller the hat, the more esteemed you are. Yes. And I would be very esteemed. Because you have one, I think it's the more amount of hats, though. Mm. I don't know. We'll have to ask the trogs. Yeah. Is no, it about the height or them. the quantity? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the quantity you'd want to do smaller hats so you can fit more. Just trying to get, just trying to climb the corporate ladder of trogs. <laughs> okay. This other question is also about trogs. <laughs> They're all about trogs. Uh, what animal would be your mortal enemy if you were a trog? Like, Pigeons. oh, there's this, like, oh, okay. Go on. Pigeons, I think because they're the rats of the sky, they're yeah. kind of dumb, but they're mm-hmm. everywhere. And if I'm the anti- the, the opposite of, mm-hmm. like, a person who lives in a city and the idea of cities, like, caverns are the inverse of cities, almost. Mm-hmm. I would imagine okay. that pigeons, which are also, like, they need air, they eat other people's food, they would be the thing that I hate the most. Also, mm-hmm. I don't like pigeons. Yeah. That's a good one. Mm. I think I think crows maybe just because you don't like crows my deep personal history with a crow (laughs) attacking me and they like look at me funny because they know but I also I had a thing when I was probably in like the fifth grade where I decided I was afraid of squirrels Well, I was always afraid of them, actually, like, as a kid. But, like, it became a bit, I guess, when I was, like, ten. I love the bits you come up with. I had a bit about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because when I was really little, a squirrel, like, came in our cat door and ran over my foot and stuff, and it traumatized me. And then I kind of, like, forgot that it happened because I wasn't actually traumatized by it. But then it became, like, a bit. Like, it was a part of my personality. Like, oh, Aaron's afraid of squirrels you need when you're that age you need something to define you so bad that like the same thing like yeah. what is your favorite color you have to also have like a bit to define yeah. you a thing yeah yeah like at that age i moved away for yellow was my favorite as a kid and then i was like no yellow no i'm gonna be green mm. i don't know why mm. like it really what, defined you it i guess so but I moved I'm from pink to, to purple. It wasn't a big jump, oh, but it was it pretty... was a significant jump, I will say. Yeah. Are you still at purple? I still am at purple, but I don't See, really I've have been a moving back to yellow. Oh, I like that. Just like, you know, my favorite. I don't wear a lot of it, but no. it's my inner child, you know? Yeah. She's there <laughs> wearing yellow. All right, I have a question. What is a, like a semi-gross, like a food that maybe people around you don't like, but you love? Mm. Huh. Or even like a way you eat things. I feel like I'm so picky. I don't eat anything that weird. You are very um, picky. I know. Mm. I like to, I do get the Oreo, I dip Oreos in peanut butter sometimes, but that's not that weird. That's not that weird. No. I, you know, lately I've been really liking vegan mayonnaise. Oh, what? What is vegan mayonnaise? I don't know. 
I don't know, but it's so good. It's so Mike agrees with me. It's way better than normal mayonnaise. I love mayonnaise. Do you like regular mayonnaise? Um, not that much. I mean, on a sandwich, it's fine, but not that much. But vegan mayonnaise? Mm. Soy milk and oil? I don't know, man. I don't know how they do it. Oh. I don't know how they do it, but I enjoy it. Huh. I'll have to try it. I like mayonnaise, so maybe. For me, it's definitely, um, but everyone around me hates mushrooms. Oh, I I also hate mushrooms. I love mushrooms. I think they're delicious. I think they elevate every meal, especially if you cook them well. And I would, I like mushroom cream soup. I like it as a Mm. sauce. I like it as a gravy. Mushroom gravy I've had and it's pretty good, actually. I'll give you that one. But mushrooms, I can't. It's a texture thing, I think. But Mm. people always like either really love or really hate mushrooms. I've never met someone who's a neutral mushroom person. No, me neither. Yeah. For me, I Where are they? They got to be out there. (laughs) <laughs> let, let us know if you're a neutral yeah. mushroom person like mushroom if they're in your neutral. food you don't pick them out but you don't like go after them either yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> all right i guess that's what we'll end on yeah i was looking at our schedule and we only have four episodes left of trials of apollo that's crazy is that wild that is that's wild. so wild it feels like because this it, is, like, the last of the, like, big series, you know? Yeah. It feels monumental. Like, the series took forever. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. it took the whole year. But at the same yeah. time, it flew by. <sighs> the years start coming and they don't stop coming. They really don't stop coming. They no really don't. They beg. Smash Mouth knew mm-hmm. what they were talking about. I R. feel R. like we just did Percy Jackson and that was three years ago. Stop. people are sometimes message and are like i'm re-listening to the episodes and i'm like i don't remember anything i've ever said so three years ago wow peak 2020 we really mm-hmm. this is what we were doing huh it was great it was great and the show will be out soon so and then you're reading we'll sun and stars you're reading yeah. sun and stars right now yeah i mm-hmm. i think i'll read it too yeah sure this so yeah. I'm gonna have to read the chats. Because we have a lot to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh a All busy right. life, you know? Well next, <laughs> next week we'll be back with chapters 19 through 25, The Tower of Nero. If you are interested in supporting us, you can find the link to our Patreon in the episode description as well as a link to send us an audio message if you want to try and get your voice on here. Our social media is at CampHathPod. Our email is CampHathPod at gmail.com. Message us on email or social if you want to join the Discord. I have responded to 99.9% of every email I've gotten. It was a big thing. Sorry. It took me. I was on a little moment of a break, but I'm back to it. So Nice. Yeah. Exciting. And don't forget to rate and review wherever you're listening to us. If you haven't done that already, what are you doing here? What you are made you it to episode 117 <gasps> and you haven't oh. reviewed us. That's crazy. Oh. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> We're disappointed as, We're your, disappointed as your counselors. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>